And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive <laughs> on a space yeah. station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stop. He's here. totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Rari are drama creeps. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law wreck where I have been, dammit. Hey, <laughs> Jeff- Jeffrey Sinclair. Oh, ah, what's happening? Oh my god. The sausage must teach Rocket Cast not to blow up universe. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. And we know that IKEA survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> Now he's a dead dragon. Jack the Ripper unit is there. Uh, hello, every hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon Five intro cast. I'm Will. Hi, man. Unfortunately, Heidi and Beth couldn't be with us this week. Hopefully, they'll be back next time. But we are pleased to be joined by. The Krakovian beer fan, it's Melanie. Hi. Hey, Melanie. Hi, guys. <laughs> thanks for coming, joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I know it's not the most beer-centric episode, but he's in it at least. He is, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and it was unclaimed for some reason. Yeah. Well, also, Clarence was in it. Yeah, Clarence came back, Veer was here, Lockley came Lockley back. Lockley was, yeah. Good stuff. It's a really, um, yeah, looks like hopefully it'll continue. Looks like the season is finishing strong, even though there was some, you know, there's a period in there where we're just kind of like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? Why? But anyway, today we are here to discuss episode 17 of season five, Movements of Fire and Shadow. But first, an ISN special report. This is an ISN special update. Looks like I got caught up in another war. I was here on Centauri Prime investigating all the rumors about weird things happening within the Centauri government. Weird orders. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. A bunch of jump gates formed in the sky. And a lot of ships come out and start firing. I'm guessing this has to do with the rumors that the Centauri are involved with the attacks on the shipping lanes. <laughs> Hope I get out of this. Not sure it's going to happen this time. If we find out more, we'll report it. This has been your ISN News Update. The Flesh Pulp Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly. 200 miles below the surface of the Earth, at the terminus of a series of long sealed caverns and interconnected shrines, under the shadow of the eternally bleeding eye, there is a crippled wreck of a man writing tales, stories of a dimension engulfed in madness. He is writing them of you. Think them all at fleshpulp.com or search for it on iTunes.
Movements of Fire and Shadow originally aired June 17, 1998. Now, this was the last episode for about four and a half months. Uh, yeah, this, mm. the next episode was late October. Um, An- another odd cliffhanger that wasn't meant to be a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there was a movie uh, in July that Eric called Third Space. That's what we'll be watching next week. Um, I know when I posted the schedule, there are people that are saying, oh, you shouldn't break up these two episodes like that. And I'm like, well, when it was on TNT, there was a four-month break, so we had to wait that long to see what happened. Um, I know a lot of people watch it on DVD now, so they don't have to you know, mm-hmm. wait, or maybe they discovered the show on DVD didn't have to wait when they first saw it. But it'd only be two weeks, so not that not as long as we had to wait back then. You know that was eighteen years ago? Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, wait, not eighteen. Yeah, that's mm. right, eighteen, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to say twenty eight, that's not right. <laughs> um Well a couple of years ago it was the twenty fifth anniversary of yeah, Battle so right. that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It was directed by John Flynn, the DP, and written by JMS. So now let's talk the recap. Now I just got mm. finished watching the commentary. It's a cast commentary, which are fun. They don't always give you a lot of, you know, behind the scenes, you know, making I was going to wait process, until we but, did a review, but I'm yeah. definitely going to be watching, listening to that this week. That's really fun. It's Bruce Botsleitner, Patricia Tallman, Tracy Scoggins, and Peter Jurisic. A lot of fun, it seemed like. So the episode starts out with a battle in space. The Centauri um, are attacking, but on B5, Centauri are being attacked by other races. And Doctor goes. Well, I think this is kind of interesting because season three had lots of Nan coming into the Med Bay and Nan's being attacked on Babylon Five. Yeah. yeah. You know, JMS continually does this. He, he continually mirrors situations. Yeah, and in season two, an arm homeborn was attacked. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's especially for the Narn and the Centauri, kind of their storyline is almost mirrored, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Sheridan goes to see Lockley in her quarter. She was doing a voiceover at this point, and. He brings her up to speed on what's happening, and the Centauri are attacking jump gates, which is bad. It's like, yeah, I mean, I have to say, listening to this voiceover from Lockley compared to listening to the Scully voiceover from the very last episode of X Files, which I had to do at the same time as well, you know, almost back to back. There's such a difference. You can really tell the quality of JMS writing when you're putting up against Chris (laughs) Carter's. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not watching X-Files every week anymore. It's been, it's been like four years of watching it almost every well, week. you know, the first few seasons are good. There's some good stuff in early X-Files. Later on, it goes downhill in such a bad way. That is true. Uh, so the White Stars have been ordered to attack any Centauri ships that attack Alliance vessels, so B5 can't be neutral anymore. And she calls CNC and says, we have a problem. <laughs> and he was being quite optimistic earlier, thinking that they wouldn't attack Babylon 5. They've already done that in the past. 
know. <laughs> it has yeah, it, but yeah. it's still it's this time. It's oh great. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. Even Juliet Anderson just seems so bored on <laughs> sometimes. Later X Files, definitely. And if this isn't X Files, though. This we've got dynamic <laughs> actors who are excited to be on this show. They have so much fun working together. Sorry, I'm making a note of something. Um, so we also go after this uh, to a scene between Dylan and uh, Sheridan, don't we? Oh, yeah, he wants, yeah. Uh, um, they need more ships because they're losing white stars and they need more ships, some bigger ships. So his. Yeah, well, not before Delane kind of gets to the wrong end of the conversation. Yeah. He starts talking about dirty underwear. Yeah. 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 Like, he seemed like he was really serious, but she took it to mean underwear. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but still, it's. <laughs> The, when he talks about the ships, those of us who have seen the rest of Babylon 5 know what he's talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so where he's been on the line with Luchinko, they, I like, I just like that they have, they mention her, even though we don't see her, just a callback. Yeah. They want to work together with them in Bari to build some bigger yeah. ships. Yeah, so Luchinko is still the Earth president, even though she hasn't been elected. <laughs> well, yeah, when's the next election coming up? I don't know what kind of system they have. If she, like, you know, remains president until, you know, the t- what's his name, Clark's term ends. Maybe, because that's kind of similar to what we've got to go through with our um, deputy prime minister, who kind of, you know, is now our prime minister. Now, is that what happens? I've always been confused well, yeah, by a British... Uh, 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 our prime minister resigned after yeah. Brexit. Uh, we got, um, yeah, uh, we got someone else instead. Yeah, I hear that she's not is. much better than. Oh <laughs> uh, no, she's really not, and in some ways she's worse. <laughs> but at least she's actually a politician. Oh. <laughs> it is more than you, <laughs> she's not a reality TV show star. No, <laughs> although a former reality TV show star who was actually on the British version of The Apprentice, but got fired, actually, um, just before the American election, said that, you know, if Trump won, she was going to emigrate. So that's a good thing, because she's an awful, awful bigoted person. I still need to read Andy's book, um, what's it called, Axel America? Uh, I've started the, um, the very start of it, and I'm... I'm liking some of the comedy in it, but sorry, it's a little difficult to get into. I'm sorry to say, yeah, but I, it's definitely got promise, so I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Uh, that may be what I, uh, I don't know, hope for the best. <laughs> four years. Oh. Hopefully only four. Well, you know, what I was saying is he could surprise us and be the best president in my lifetime. Maybe he won't um, stick. To, maybe he won't do any of the stuff he said he was going to do. Or he won't be able to. Well, he does have Congress, control of Congress, but. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't do stuff, he's. Um, deputy will and he, he's a bad person as well. So, uh, yeah, you've got four years of some 
hard things to go through, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's, um, if Mike Pence will be able to do anything unless, see, that's one thing. If Donald Trump is impeached or something like that, then we'd get somebody who's even worse than him being president. Mm. People here are just wondering what's going to happen next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen people posting um, a, you know, campaign to get the Electoral College to, you know, kind of make sure that, you know, Hillary gets it. But no, a bad decision because of a bad decision, doesn't make a good decision. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you can't make a bad mistake. It just compounds it in on itself. But if it does happen, at least, you know, most of the population will then say, hang on, let, maybe we shouldn't have this electrical college system. Yeah, I think it's about time to do away with that. But I think they were put in place to make sure that, like, a horrible person doesn't become president but because you could argue that they were both horrible people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i saw, basically i saw a uh, video on um politics not exactly politics but leadership and it, it any leadership um organization structure tends towards corruption and tends towards bad people being in power because it, 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 you've got to compromise on your morals somewhere along the line. It happens quicker in um, dictatorships than in democracies, but it always happens because mm-hmm. you've all, you know, getting power and staying power is always all about managing your keys to power and kind of giving it to the people who kind of get things done and kind of, and there's an inherent problem in that and that it kind of it always leans towards corruption or leans towards the type of person who um will do bad things with power so yeah yeah it's a bad situation whatever organizational structure you have with democracy the only thing is that you've got to transfer people to come in occasionally and refresh the system, kind of have, have someone come in who's um, willing to change things up enough and yeah. then let go of power so that, you know, that that's a, that's really what you need. Someone who just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you need to just cut this all out, Will, because we're not on the episode at all. Hey, Babylon 5 is all about politics, so I'm fine. <laughs> oh, it is, but uh, going on a ramble about politics? <laughs> Shane Poole, I think, recorded a podcast yesterday about the election, so I'm going to try to find that whenever it's released. Huh. Um, so we get to see Veer talking to Lita and Franklin. Um, he wants them to go to the Drazi homeworld to find out why the Drazi won't turn return the bodies of the Centauri dead from the battles. And Franklin agrees pretty easily, but Lita wants a lot of money for the telepaths. Mm. A lot of money she's going to use it to help find a home for the telepaths and to help shelter them. You see, uh, she's actually going about this in the right sort of way. <laughs> she's seeing it as a business pr- proposition. I didn't really... I know they probably just needed a reason to... They needed something for Franklin and Lita to do, but I didn't buy this. Like, oh, you're the only 
to who can do this. It has to be done yeah. this way. But they've worked out well before together, yeah. you know, haven't they? Uh, Patricia Tallman said that this was her favorite hairdo of the entire series. <laughs> and she had... It looked, it looked good. <laughs> yeah. She had trouble saying that part about the deductible. They had to do it over and over again. <laughs> and we talk about, uh, Sheridan's speeches. Bruce Butliner said that sometimes he had to give a speech like, you know, 27 times before he finally got it right. Mm. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so Londo and Jakar are still in the cell. Uh, Londo is going to try to get the Centaurum to go against the Regent, so he's going to stay in there until they, I guess, find out, and then they'll move against the Regent. But then this light comes on, and they're knocked out, and he gets abducted by aliens, almost like Scully did. Mm. And- yeah, I mean, this is why I kind of wish Heidi and Beth were here. Because I would have been able to see, don't those look familiar? You know, those aliens look an awful lot like the uh, ones that were piloting the ship full of frozen telepaths. Yes, uh, my notes here just say that I'm interested in hearing their theories. Yeah. Oh, definitely next week, because we see a drak. We actually see a drak on Centauri Prime. What's the drak doing on Centauri Prime? Uh, uh, again, that's something huge that Beth and Heidi could have speculated on. Um, it was funny because Patricia Tolman was having trouble telling the aliens apart. She like saw the drug, like, is that a Drazi? Is that a Rakiri? What's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, Bruce Spotlighter seems to know everything pretty well because he said he was, he had been rewatching the show, so he kind of knew he was answering like questions that they had. It's interesting, isn't it? But I, I, don't think many people are work on uh, the you know on sci-fi shows tend to go back and watch them. Um, yeah, she did remember a lot of um, stuff about her scenes, a lot of details, but <laughs> yeah, had trouble telling a lot of the aliens apart. Uh, so after this, Londo reawakens and he's in the cell with Jakar. He needs to leave now because he has a bad feeling. So Londo provides. Yeah, well, he kind, he kind of wakes up. He seems to think everything he's just experienced is a dream. <clears throat> and I mean, I, you just don't buy that for one minute. No, I was, I wasn't sure if he bought that either. Just well, he was worried about something more than them being at uh, war with uh, pretty much the rest of the galaxy. So I don't think he thought it was a dream. Mm. Almost like Garibaldi's dream a little bit. <laughs> uh, so Jakar creates a reason for <laughs> Londo to be taken away. Some funny lines from Londo after Jakar pukes. Mm-hmm. And next, Garibaldi, Sheridan, and Lockley meet with the Brakiri, Narn, and Drazi generals. The Narn general is played by Mr. Robin Sachs, who we've seen on here before as a, one of the great council members. Mm. Back in the day, it was good seeing Lockley here, though, in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Because... he made some good. Po- yeah, he made some good points about how it's supposed to be an alliance. Oh yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, she um, about how yeah they're not helping each other and they just don't want to take orders from each other. Well, and of course, as we know later on, the Drazi are trying to keep a huge big secret, so they don't want other people working with them. Hmm. Mm. Um, but they, 
Matteo want the white stars to come and help. Oh, yes, of course. You know, that's freak help, isn't it? Yeah, the white stars are pretty tough. So. <laughs> yeah, except apparently they're not tough enough because, you know, because of what happens later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, the, they want to attack the Centauri homeworld, but Sheridan doesn't like that idea. <laughs> oh, no, it's no civilian target. Yeah, they want to end the war fast, but... I mean, technically, because the Centauri homeworld's an entire world, there may be military installations on the world that would be, um, civilian targets, but that's kind of drawing a very fine line. I don't like when we attack other countries, we try to focus on military. I think even when, uh, during the, uh, what was the war we saw in Deconstruction of Falling Stars, weren't they trying to target military installations? Yeah. I think the, uh, I mean, I don't know. I could be completely and utterly wrong, but the last major time I, I at least know about, I, modern history and as i said i can be completely wrong you know world war Two had civilian bombings in it yeah. um i mean it ended with a huge one but after that i don't know um because you know um i suppose um the uh what's it uh the war in um uh what's it Former Yugoslavia, there were a lot of civilian bombings then, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so after this, it's Clarence. <laughs> yeah. Looking mighty dapper. Um, so one of their pros picked up a ship that doesn't have, seems to be acting weird, and Lockley realizes that it's about to try to destroy the jump gate. But they and this do- is also the first time we find out that Something's not quite right with the Centauri ships. Yeah. No life signs. It's an autopilot. Mm. I'm surprised, actually, that, um, uh, what's it, um, Lanier's ship didn't pick up on the fact there's no life signs on the, um, Centauri ships. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they didn't look for it. Hmm. The ship was too concerned about Lanier's, uh, health and <laughs> was distracted. If there's no one working the ship, then there's no need for um, life support on the ship. So there, there shouldn't have been any oxygen supply for Lanier to leech off from. That was there for appearances, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's a little, but, yeah, yeah. That's a slight hole. Yeah. A hole. <laughs> Unless those devices are partially organic, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I think they're meant to be partially organic, aren't they? Because Lita was able to sense them. Yeah, they had that shadow scream. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they stopped the fight, that ship, from doing too much damage to the jump gate, and she doesn't want that to happen again. I kind of liked Lockley in that scene. Yeah. Again, the Drazi, though. Drazi, the warmongers. Persuade her, what's it, the nuns that no, we actually need to attack Centauri Prime. He's like, because yeah. uh, as uh, they say later, the Drazi want this war. Yeah. For their economy. I thought that uh, the Narn guy was going to say, yeah, we don't like them, but we're not going to attack them. But <laughs> the butt never came. It's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, because I, I didn't quite remember this. 
I almost kind of remembered it as um, he was the one who then went to uh, Sheridan with the information. Yeah. Uh, See, Jakar's not... I guess yeah, Jakar's not there to stop that. I guess yeah, who knows if he would have found out about it, but I think he would have known. Mm. Or he would have found out when it was too late. Yeah. So Sheridan is updating Lanier and Delin and who are out in space. And yes, and tempting, and tempting fate about Delin being safe. Yes, like they mentioned that it was dangerous, so you probably should have <laughs> assumed that something was going to happen. And um, Franklin and Lita arrive on the Drazi homeworld. They pointed out that Lita's carrying everything, but all Franklin has is the map, but she's carrying, like, a backpack and some other stuff. <laughs> Franklin just has the map. Hmm. It's Drazi season. Poor Lita. Everybody treats her like, <laughs> like, hey, Lita, why don't you carry all this heavy stuff and I'll just hold the map in my hand. Yeah, and then they were lost. Yeah. Yeah, so Londo's speaking to the ministers. Um, he said that they've only been in a strictly defensive posture, and if there's anything else we wouldn't know, so we're not going to help you move against the minister. It's kind of interest that, yes, as far as they know, that that's what's been going on. So I'm wondering, like, do they really... They don't really know what's happening. They've just been told lies. Yeah, uh, this minister that keeps on blocking... Um, Lando is just a slimy idiot. Mm. Mm. And uh, Sheridan gets a visit from Garibaldi. Looks like a lot of the Nard and Drazi have gone missing. And it's interesting as well that, at the moment at least, because it's kind of a crisis point, Garibaldi seems sober. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they mentioned him earlier. I was wondering if he was going to be drunk. <laughs> the first time you mentioned him. Staying busy. Um... And Franklin and Lita get a visit from Adrazi, Dr. Varda. Lita can see that he's lying. And they get attacked by two guys that drop out of, drop out of the sky. Um, Lita gets one guy to shoot himself. And turns out this guy was a stunt man on Men in Black 1. Kind of does, jumps off of a building, I guess, in that movie. And you notice that Lita flinches when the guy shoot himself because she was, you know, in his head and felt him die. And then they run off. And Sheridan leaves with the White Star Fleet. It's kind of wondering. Yeah, I could remember. Um, anyway, spoiler, never mind. <laughs> like I was wondering what was going to happen, but anyway. So, Dillon and Lanier come across four Centauri ships and they get damaged when they're trying to escape. So what did they get hit by? Was it like a heavy cruiser or something? I think it was sure. their, their usual, uh, uh Purple battleships. Okay. Listen, yeah, because I've only seen the White Stars take a lot of death, a lot of hits, and maybe not from a big ship like that. But it kind of proves um, Sheridan's early point of, yeah, they kind of do need new ships. Yeah. Uh, Franklin and Lita are dis- uh, escorting the doctor somewhere, Dr. Varda. Yeah, but there are no bodies, and he tells them the warships were empty, and all that was left were these devices, and they get attacked. And we get a scene with Londo talking to the regent. They all seem to really like this guy, like the regent Damien something. Apparently uh, was, I, do, I do like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he, he he's a really cool actor, and um, the regents have always been a, a um, 
great character on the show. I mean, yeah, he was a minister before, and yeah, even here when he's kind of very dark and sinister, he's he, he, he still kind of keeps some of the old personality there. Yeah. Well, he's been there since the first season. Oh, definitely has. Yeah. Uh, I said he was always singing show tunes on set. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Now I'm uh, kind of imagining this is kind of character uh, John Barrowman's going to grow up into. <laughs> um, so Verini tells Lando that he's always tried to do the right thing and that Lando will be emperor soon and he's not going to live to see what follows. Chris Butliner joked that he wanted to play um, Sheridan this way, but JMS kept telling him no. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, so Franklin and Lita contact Sheridan, tell him about the leftover shadow tag, how it can control a ship, and this is where they explain how the Drazi wanted to to keep fighting, wanted the war. Um, Yeah, so to frame the Centauri, the shed, the Shadow allies frame the Centauri. And apparently this was Richard Biggs and Patricia Tallman's last scene together. Yeah, they really don't have um, anything after this, do they? No. I mean, it's kind of semi-spoilery to say that, I suppose. <laughs> but we're getting towards the end and kind of... It, I was surprised it's not quite a surprise to say that. Yeah, they said they always... Well, she said they always you know, enjoy working together and... Guess this is the last few episodes, so we will be seeing more and more last scenes together, even though I may not always know it <laughs> the time, may not yes. remember it. Yeah, season five is just one big goodbye at this point. Yeah. That sucks though. <laughs> I hate goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> um so Delin and Lanier's ship is in bad shape. They'll just drift off in the hyperspace. See Jakar working on his book some. The book he started writing when he was in prison. Yeah. And now he's there again. He was writing it on Babylon. He started it on Babylon 5, right? Yeah. After he had attacked Londo and Veer when he was on dust. Oh, yes. (laughs) The singing. So Regent tells Londo that, yeah, that. You know, they, whoever they are, said that there will be peace and it won't last. And they said Londo will be emperor tomorrow. Don't worry about who they are. Don't ruin your last free hours. This is very ominous. This guy was telling mm. me, like, yeah, you're not going to be free in a little while. Like, what are you talking about? So Verini's already done the last thing he'll have to do for them. He sent off all the Centauri ships that were protecting the planet and turned off the planetary defense network. Yeah, he almost reminded me of Cartagena when he told Lando what he had done. Yeah, I, I'm ready for us to get a planetary defense network. Mm-hmm. Well, not lifetime. at the moment. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, well. wait about four years. What would Trump do with a planetary defense network? Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, Phil Philly could be like President Clark. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got the feeling that that's what he would, would be like. So Lando runs off, and the Drazi and Narn ships come out of hyperspace, come out of the jump holes, jump points. They don't call them jump holes, do they? Jump points. <laughs> um, 
So Lando goes outside and look, and we see Lando, Jakar, and Barini looking up when the ships open fire on Centauri Prime. And but I didn't see any Prakiri ships there. Yeah, I think they were No, not at this point, no. They'll probably be mad for being left out. Mm, uh, that's a little spoilery, so I'll just save that for next time. Um, <laughs> do we have any quotes? I really didn't uh, find one, no. I, I have one. It's uh, Lando. Who are you? What do you want with me? Creeper. Um... Who is our Human of the Week? Human of the Week? Hmm. Uh, the thing is, Lockley's in it again, but she doesn't do that much. Claire is <laughs> in it even less. does even less. <laughs> but he's Clarence. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot harder sh- to, to kind of give these votes out without our um, newbies aboard. Yeah. Mm. I would go for Lockley or Sheridan. Uh, maybe Lita. She was kicking ass. Yeah. Lita always kicks ass nowadays, so uh, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It's not so obvious this week. Maybe not Sheridan. Um, I don't think Sheridan, though. No. I'm going to say Lockley. Yeah, I also vote for Lockley. Yeah, let's give it to Lockley. And Alien of the Week. I want to give it to the region, even though he wasn't doing anything we'd consider good. I just always love it when he's on screen. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the region. Yeah, I'll go with the region with Vera's close second. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about ratings? Want to start us out, Melanie? Yeah, I like this episode, but it's a bit difficult to talk about uh, without spoiling the next one. Yeah. Um, I really liked how it uh, mirrored especially the Narn and Centauri and uh, how it became clearer uh, throughout the episode that the Centauri were being uh, set up to be attacked uh, and that it would be too late to uh, stop them. So I'm going to give it a... Uh, 9.48, and bonus for the last scene with the Lando and the Regent, 0.52, and final rating, 10 out of 10 hips sent away on a false emergency. Cool. How about you, Ian? Yeah, I really did like this episode. It's a lovely building tension, you know, and I really did like most of our characters here. So I'm going to say eight and a half shadow pods out of ten. Sorry, eight? Eight and a half shadow pods. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really uh, like the episode. I can't think of... um can't really think of anything that was really bad or dragged on too much. It's good, especially after... We keep saying after the first half of the season... Probably getting um, things ramped up and going. I'm not a big fan of cliffhangers, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, So I'll give it 8.75. Drazi dropping from the ceiling. That's a 9.08 total so far. Sure, let us... I didn't do a document, so I'll just read the feedback. We have two. Okay. Let's just take a Drazi... Ship to feedback land. 
Uh, first, I have a comment from Vord99. Vord says, Okay, so putting Londo in prison may have been mostly for the sake of the joke in the previous episode, since there is no compelling plot reason why he had to be there. Nevertheless, movements of Fire and Shadow for me, at least, movements of Fire and Shadow is, at least for me, a damn good episode. There's a lot to like. To pick one small thing, the episode mostly follows the structure of a story in which our hero, John Sheridan, will say things at the last minute. Franklin and Lita's mission to the drowsy homeworld uncovers the truth, just in time. Sheridan has to erase to Centauri Prime before the enemies of the Centauri attack and the planet and get attack the planet and get there, just in time. Except that isn't in time. Except that it isn't in time. There is an aspect of this that breaks usual storytelling rules. Franklin and Lita's discovery should affect the plot, but it's not pointless here. I'm sorry, but it's all pointless here. I can't read. Um, but somehow this works. I think a large part of why it works is Londo. That's written by JMS and performed by Jurassic. The scene at the end where he looks at the sky, mirroring his gaze, his earlier gazing up at the shadow vessels, makes the point. The usual storytelling rules are those of an adventure story. This is tragedy. Ah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, thanks, as always. They're firing at the planet, so I think we can assume that, yeah, some of those are going to hit. <laughs> Things are going to be bad on Centauri Prime. Uh, next, we have an email from Lori and Carl. Always good. Make sure I'm not missing any others. Okay, Lori and Carl say, Hello, Ambassadors, Commander, and Visitor. As you may or not have seen on the Facebook page, Carl decided to tweet this one while we were watching during the election returns. It was all a bit surreal, especially given how the episode ended. Our thoughts and commentary. Captain Lockley is finally back, and with the voiceover. Carl was glad to see that it was starting out with a space battle. That should be a sign for a better episode. Though he did not think that Sheridan would be so quick to charge into a different war. Not that he really had a choice. Carl was not liking Lita at the beginning of the episode, but she is looking more glam glamorous than usual, and is acting different as well. It would be so hard to say no to anything that Veer asked. Could you all say no? And not to Veer. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's fair, isn't I don't think that I could, but obviously Lita could ask for a lot of money. What does she need all that for anyway? Guess shipping telepaths around is expensive. Oh no, Lando. He's getting moved to the super-secret haunted prison, and it looks like he's becoming a horror movie. What is going on? Is it is the return of the X-Files alien crossover? Was it real, or was it a dream? With Franklin and Lita on the Drazi homeworld, we get the lost tourist trope, and all those Drazis look alike. It does look like the same hotel set. Lita is showing some strength. Carl thinks that Franklin seems kind of trigger-happy for a doctor. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he did just fire off a few shots. It just, I don't know. But we can always see what he was shooting at. So what was in the Centauri ships? Very strange egg-shaped things. Carl notices that they make the same screens that the shadows make. We get to see the region again, and it is just too sad when he says, I'm glad I won't live to see what follows. There is a very cool visual when the regent is explaining how he gave the order for the defense grid to go down, and Londo is backing up into the dark. It is very well done. Londo is continually doomed to keep looking up into the sky and seeing destruction. Um, quote from which I'm sure has been taken, but I've got to repeat it. Londo, who are you? What do you want with me? Glory's ratings, 8 out of 10 little somethings. 
Human Sheridan, Alien Lundo. As time got away from us this week, just brief ratings from Carl. Rating, three, total ten. Human, Ethan Rain, <laughs> Species <laughs> Centauri. Until next time, Lori and Carl. Thanks, guys. Man, I gotta get my Buffy rewatch going. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh-huh. for the feedback, everybody. Um, so next, I uh, no predictions this week since no doobies, but next time we'll be watching the movie Third Space, mm. which came that summer. Oh, B5 was on hiatus. And I don't yeah, um, I, I, I just remember one thing about Third Space, which I won't say. We're gonna have, you know, we're gonna have to get Tidy and, uh, Beth just to write down what their predictions for this are before going in so that we can actually read them out before the next episode. Or maybe, it's, I don't know if it's commentary worthy, but. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, actually, yeah. Actually, I think it is considering some of the stuff we see in it. Yeah. It, I we'll think it's commentary worthy. Ask them to do that because yeah. they can do their predictions before the commentary. Yeah, as well as their thoughts on this episode. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm like chewing gum. You're not supposed to chew gum when you're podcasting. I'm like, I just <laughs> popped in a piece of gum. <laughs> like, uh, well, we're done. nearly there at the end already, so okay. Oh, uh, Melanie, thank you for joining us again. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks you, for having me on. Are you signed up for another episode? I'm not signed up yet, okay. but... Uh, there's a movie that I'm uh, kind of thinking of joining if okay. no one else takes it. Yeah. Okay. Just let us know. Yeah. All right. That is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Third Space. But until then, goodbye. Be seeing you. Bye. Stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com. Facebook.com slash group slash down below podcast and Twitter.com slash down below cast. <laughs>